Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey everybody, welcome to It Never Rains on this podcast. I'm Hith Liday. I'm the managing editor for Addicted to Quack. It's a website. Joining me this week is one of the great ATQ writers, Badwater. How you doing? Doing really good. Can't complain. Well, I could complain, but I'm not going to. Oh, very good. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, everything's great. So you've been to uh, Oregon's two most recent uh, uh, conference games in women's volleyball, uh, uh, both the opener against Oregon State, and uh, and then they went, or I guess you didn't go down to Los Angeles to watch them play uh, UCLA, did you? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, you did I, go I watch the opener. Them. Yeah, I, I did go to the opener, watched uh, the UCLA game on the Pac-12 network. Uh how'd it go? Um they this is a, a good team. They uh they're they're really good defensively. And that's why I, yeah, you'll see a lot of uh rallies because uh most of the the teams that they played also defend uh pretty well. Um but you know a I continue to be impressed every time I see this team. Um, and, you know, in opening opening night uh, last Friday, um, it, it was the first time I had seen the entire marching band in Matthew Knight Arena. Hmm. They, they, they took over one side uh, of the arena. And... Um, and that game against the Beavers set an attendance record, uh, over seventy three hundred. Um, so it was it was loud. It, it was rocking. Uh, you know, it's funny because you know the the bees aren't very good this year uh, at women's volleyball. You know, they're uh, they're they were five and five going into this contest, and like did not play the same schedule that Oregon. You know, Oregon was out there playing mm-hmm. like multiple ranked teams, and and you know, you know, power five opponents, and and you know, really challenging themselves, and and uh, and meanwhile, you know, the the Beavs, you know, played basically you know a bunch of nobodies and and lost to half of them, um, and. Uh, and so sort of, you know, sort of expecting, you know, Oregon to just run them out of uh, Matthew Knight Arena. And I mean, they did sweep the Beavs um, and, and and especially, you know, the last two sets were, you know, they just totally clobbered them. But it seemed like maybe that first set, they were a little like, I don't know, like, w- w- you know, it was, it was fairly tight and, and the Beavs even like uh, had an advantage uh, on the scoreboard for a little while there. Uh, what do you think was going on? I think it was just nerves on the part of the, the volleyball team. Um, you know, when you had the entire marching band there and uh, the loudest crowd that you've ever had in a volleyball match in Matthew Knight Arena. Yeah, I think they they just had to shake off some nerves. They, um, the Beavers were able to keep pace, um, more because of 
organ attacking errors and that kind of stuff rather than than uh being as good or you know competitive with Oregon um you know toward the end of that the first set uh the ladies you know relax and their sh- shots started going in and and um they especially had a they used their height advantage you know to to block and you know prevent uh beaver kills so i yeah i I think they were just kind of uh playing a little tight and you had to work that out uh so so you didn't see anything that was like oh they're you know the the bees were presenting something that the ducks weren't weren't ready for they were just like no uh, kind of like freak a little little freaked out by opening night jitters or whatever but you know then they settled in it's just like I mean, the scores sort of say it all. You know, they won the the the, the second and third sets by like ten points. You know, like they yeah. just you know, straight up killed them, and then there were sweeps, and they were, you know, ultimately like ushered them out of the building. It's just sort of like, I don't know, man. It's sort of it's kind of weird that the crowd shows up to support them and cheer them on and scream and yell and and love them, and they're sort of like freaked out by the love. You know, that'd be sort <laughs> yeah. of a uh, wait. Hold on, <laughs> it's not that how that's supposed to go. Uh, you know, but ultimately, you know, the, the, the good guys win. So, you know, uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and, and, um, you know, when I see them in person, uh, I continue to be impressed by this team. I, I think this is the, the best, uh, Oregon volleyball team, uh, we've seen. Uh, oh. I was, I was covering the, uh, um, 2012 team, um, all through the season and uh you know that that team had a uh um a lot of good players on it you know uh, elena bergsma you know lauren plum was a, a great setter although uh, i think pukas is better mm. and of course um liz brenner but you know um with that team uh, they were they were talented they played well but uh, you know if you look at the roster they they only had one uh one player that was 63 uh, everybody else was shorter than that and that's what um that's what they didn't have that Texas did have in yeah. 2012 i mean Texas was a tall team they just they they just blocked the heck out of them and yeah ran off with a championship um this team is i mean you, you've got multiple uh six foot three players six four players six five player and um yeah you, know, you can't teach height so that's uh in the the game set we've seen so far um the the teams like the beavers or like ucla um they just don't have the hype yeah and and they get swept and uh not only um do we have tall players uh we've got good players too oh yeah i mean I, we haven't seen anything you know other than you know uh you know first of all a lot of domination second of all that like the talent runs you know deep within the team you know it's not just like you know one great player you know that the team's like built around it's like nah it's, you know it's a deep bench right you know like in every week we talk about the volleyball team it's like oh you know it's not just you know hannah pukas and mimi collier it's also you know hey they didn't even lead the team you know in scores that was karen mcgee right you yep. know uh you know morgan lewis had eight you know, right? Like, uh, uh, you know, Georgia Murphy, the the libero, you know, led the team defensively. Um, no real surprise there. But like, you know, Gabby Gonzalez, who's a relative newcomer, you know, had ten digs and seven kills. Like, way to go! We we even saw the freshman, you know, Kate Tibble, uh, you know, come out right. You know, uh, 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 you know, another you know good thing about putting your team, your opponent, into garbage time is you, you start to play the freshman. Like, you know, good for that. Like, yeah, it's it. You know, it's a it's a deep team. It's it's not built around like one superstar. Uh, you know, where you can only name one person. You know, on the team, it's like you know, listen, Duck fans, 
you know, you're, you're we're going to force you to be volleyball fans by the end of the season. Like mm-hmm. we're going to talk about it every week. Uh, is really good teams, you know, going to contend, and uh, and and you're going to learn the entire roster. And the reason you're going to learn the entire roster is because it's not just one you know, awesome player. It's like a dozen. Uh, and, uh, and, and, and they definitely showed it against Oregon state. So then, uh, they go down to Pasadena, uh, to play UCLA. And, uh, uh, now unlike, you know, every other, uh, Olympic sport, uh, uh, volleyball, uh, which I sort of might've expected to be a good sport for UCLA turns out not to be a great sport for UCLA. You know, they're, they're, they're like eight and four, but like, if you look up their schedule, it's uh it's not like filled with a bunch of giants or anything um and and so for their winless in conference play uh which oregon definitely contributed to because they swept them out of their own building um uh and and without a lot of difficulty either you know like first set 25 to 14 second set 25 to 12 um you know third set 25 to 18 you know like none of them were closer than seven points um uh, you know, d- d- hell, the beeves gave him more of a challenge, and even that wasn't really a challenge. It was Oregon playing Oregon, um, as as a dude said about a thing. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, you know, the, d- uh, you you wrote this uh game up. Uh, what did you think about it? It was it as straightforward as it looks. Oh yeah, yeah. It was uh, it, it was a a beat down. Yeah, uh, again, um, Oregon. Uh, has height advantage that uh, UCLA didn't, and you know, really better athletes. Um, so you, I mean, you mentioned Kate Thebolt. Uh, she was uh, in the rotation from the first set down there in, in Pasadena. Uh, she played some minutes in each of the set. Uh, also, a, another freshman that we've seen. Uh, going to the rotation is uh, Noemi Glover, mm-hmm. yeah, and and she's a, a tall uh, outside hitter, um, and can can really can really uh, uh, really hit swift, fast uh, kills, kind of like uh, Gloria Mutiri did last year. Um, you know, something that I've noticed is. Uh, is that we haven't seen Colby Neal uh, on, oh, really? on the floor very much. She's only played in four games, uh, all or four matches, all, all of them uh, being pretty much this month, and has only played a, a total of uh, ten sets. Hmm. So, so I wonder if um, well, isn't maybe, her isn't isn't her position? pretty much played by uh, Carson Bacon and Kara McGee. Like, do you think she just sort of lost out, you know, in terms of. Well, uh, that could be, and it, it could be that, that there's uh, some sort of uh, undisclosed uh, injury. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Cause they, yeah, they're, they're not going to say anything about that if, sure. if that's the case. So, but um, yeah, I'm, keeping my eye on that to see if we uh, see more participation from Colby Neal. Yeah, no, I, I definitely want, uh, yeah, keep an eye on that because she's a great player too. Um, uh, Hannah Pukas uh, had a fantastic match uh, uh, against UCLA. Uh, You know, she went up with a double, double, um, which against conference, you know, opponents is not easy to do. Um, Yeah. Especially in three sets. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, uh, and, uh, and with 13 blocks, you know, 13 blocks over three sets, you know, pretty impressive. Um, so, uh, next up for the ducks is, uh, uh, Washington, uh, at home on Friday at 6 PM, uh, you know, Matthew Knight arena, uh, should be a lot of fun. Uh, go out and support the ducks. Uh, what are you looking forward to in that match? Um, well, I'm basically looking forward to uh, a healthy Hannah Pucas uh, participating because um, there is that um, two-week stretch where uh, 
where she was uh, injured and wasn't able to play. And it was against the the Washington schools. We lost yeah. both matches up yeah, there last year. Last so season. This is like a like a vengeance thing you're suggesting. Well, um Hannah had said at the at the Friday press conference that um that she's feeling um really good about her game overall. She says I you know I'm I'm healthy this time, been healthy all year. So I, I think she was just dealing with some nagging injuries um last year and mm-hmm. was still an awesome setter. So she's a she's that much better um this year. It, yeah, she she disguises uh, where she's putting the ball so well. Uh, yeah, she uh, she's even faked out some of her own teammates. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, if, if she's killing it, she doesn't, uh, you know, who, who, who cares? Who knows where it's going? It's going on the floor. Yeah. Um, Washington should be a, um, a good match that uh, I fully expect the Ducks to win. Um, Washington State, um, is yeah, that's the Sunday match on the first. It, it's that's a different story. Washington State's ranked number seven in the nation, very interesting. Yeah, yeah, they've also only lost uh one match, they're, they're 12 and one. And you know, I, I expect them to yeah, handle the Beavers in Corvallis on Friday. I, I, I expect them to win handily. And that's going to set up a very interesting match uh, on Sunday when they come to Matthew Knight Arena. Um, we'll see if uh, all these uh, higher-ranked teams and uh, their road trip travels to uh, hostile environments and that kind of thing, uh, we'll see if it, it uh, pays off in a match uh, against uh, another top 10 team. Yeah. I mean, uh, Oregon's played, you know, a bunch of ranked teams uh, um, so far this year and has done, you know, very well against them. You know, they beat Pitt, you know, in, in their place, they, uh, they beat, you know, big 10 teams in their place, but like, you know, this is the first time this year they're going to be, you know, playing a top 10 team uh, in their place, you know, in, in Matthew Knight arena, um, you know, let's see what home, home crowd advantage does for him yeah uh uh should be a lot of fun and, and you're going to be covering both of those games uh for addicted to quack uh, on sunday yes uh yes. all right uh let's take a break uh we come back we'll uh talk about some soccer So you wrote up uh the uh, soccer team's match against uh, arizona in tucson uh, my first and most important question is, did the Ducks score a goal? No, no, hmm. they didn't. Um, the so Ducks... we are sitting on a grand total of how many goals scored this season? Uh, three, I three, think three goals. All right. And so very on brand for soccer. <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, possibly more, more to the point, they, the Ducks have not scored the first goal in any of the games where they've uh, scored a goal. They're always having to uh, try to play catch up and come from behind. And that's why uh, coach Graham Abel is, has been emphasizing the need uh, to get that first goal and uh, not have to play catch up. The problem is the ducks don't really have any kind of an offense. They're they're playing most of their game in midfield or in front of their own goal, and um, and you can't take shots on the uh, opposition's goal if you're not in front of it. So, I mean, you can shoot from midfield. <laughs> yeah, um, you could, but um, uh, the reason why Oregon's getting beaten so handily is that um the uh, the opposing teams take far more shots uh, on the goal than Oregon does. I oh, think sure. for for Arizona it was it was 25 shots to um 
over the course of the game, 25 shots to eight for Oregon. Yeah. Uh, they had uh, five corner kicks. Oregon didn't have uh, any corner kicks. And um, so they, they had to uh, solve the problem of their offense and, and ball control. And, you know, it, it wasn't uh, evident against Arizona um and uh, I'll see on Thursday um if they're making any kind of improvement um unfortunately they're playing Colorado at Pepe Field on Thursday in, in Colorado's ranked number 20 in mm. the nation so um yeah I I don't suppose they're ranked number 20 cuz they're They've got a real hot shot offense uh, that Matty Goldberg can can shut down, uh, but their defense is really weak. Yeah, I don't uh, I don't know I don't know much mm. about uh, Colorado, and yeah, that's partly why I'm um, going to go see the game. I uh, uh, I want to see what Colorado's all about, and also you know, try to get a sense of whether. Um, the ducks are uh, improving in ball control and can actually get out there and score the first goal. I mean, like, you know, structurally it's just inexorable, right? Like, you know, when you're losing the shots on goal battle, you know, that badly, you know, like it doesn't, I mean, your defense can be lights out, you know, you, you can be playing phenomenal defense. Your goaltender can be the best 10 goaltender in the world. Like, which like, I think, you know, as far as I can gather, like Matty Goldberg is an excellent goaltender. Like, you know, it's just that like you can't you, you can't have that kind of like imbalance and, and, and have the, you know, the entire game being conducted in front of your net and like, the, you know, and ever win. Like you have yeah. to develop you you. you you have to develop an offense because you can't win without scoring goals and you have to play some degree of, uh, of defense with your offense, you know, by, you know, because ball control, you know, it simultaneously, you know, gives you opportunities to score and it takes opportunities to score away from the opponent. Like, yeah, you know, you, you need to be able to control your passes. You need to be able to, you know, execute your set pieces. You need to be able to, uh, uh, you know, push the ball, you know, downfield and, and you'd be able to take it away from the opponent. Like, you know, and it just seems like I, you know, from all of the reports that I've gotten from all of the writers that we have covering soccer, that, the, you know, the answer to those questions is like, well, they're all freshmen. They don't know how to do that yet. Uh, you know, is that, <laughs> is that your take as well? Yeah, it's, it, it is uh, accurate in that it, it's, it's um, kind of a push to expect uh, the experience uh, out of a freshman that they would have um, if they were upperclassmen. Um, and uh, just the sheer number of freshmen um, kind of goes against Oregon because uh, ideally you'd have uh, upperclassmen um Sort of like handing the, down some wisdom. The, yeah, being the majority of the starters and then, you know, rotate the uh, freshmen in and have them get some experience. But in uh, six or seven of the games so far this season, Oregon has started with uh, at least five freshmen. Yeah. So so that's a, that's a lot of inexperience to uh, be out there. Um, trying to win a match, and yeah, there's there's uh, some growing pains, yeah, um, and the lack of offense is uh, a reflection of that. It just they're, well, they're, they're I mean, it's it it, it 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 the the silver lining is for next season. It means that you know they're drinking from the fire hose right now, and you know next season there'll be sophomores who have had to. Every one of them will have played an entire season of full games. You know, they they will have, you know, boy, they'll have gotten a whole bunch of XP. You know, you mm -hmm. know, yeah. you know, it, it's a lot of grinding. You know, right now, but like in the 
in the short to medium term, that is this season, it makes for a lot of grinding, um, which is probably, you know, what we're going to be reporting on throughout conference play, or at least until they find a team that's worse than them, um, which is going to be hard to do because Oregon's on the bottom of the conference standings. So, exactly. hey, uh, yeah. Uh, well, enjoy the game uh, uh, for for what you're able to see of it and and get get photos of it. Kevin is uh, is going to be covering the Colorado and Utah games for the site um, and, and get those written up on, uh, I think, on Monday. Um, all right. Let's take a break. Uh, we come back. We will talk about uh, the football game against Colorado. So, as I understand, uh, you were in the press box uh, and got to watch uh, the Colorado Buffaloes come to Autzen Stadium. Uh, how did you enjoy it from the uh, from the bird's eye view? Oh, it was it was great. Um, I was uh, pleasantly surprised that the whole uh, stripe out thing seemed to work out. No, oh, yeah, know, for yeah, I would yeah. not have expected that from a bunch of uh, you know. Uh, students and and you know aged out hippies that make up the eugene crowd Mm -hmm. yeah but yeah but look pretty good from where uh i was at and uh and i I was there early enough that uh i saw the warm-ups and and deon sanders doing his thing oh how exciting Um, it was uh, it was about 45 minutes or an hour before the game where uh, he kind of paraded with his entourage uh, mm. over in front of the student section. The student section was o- only half full, uh, but the booze was pretty loud. Ooh. <laughs> and then, uh, and that was uh, during the time where I, I don't know if you've seen any of the uh, Twitter uh, uh. feeds of him uh, hugging Keenan Lowe. Uh, uh, yeah, there is, uh, there's, yeah. it, it's been interesting. The, uh, uh, you know, there was some back and forth um, about like what exactly transpired between him and Keenan Lowe. And like, it's, it's, it's been, I don't know if interesting is the right word, but like as a, you know, as an anthropological study, uh, you know, of how social media, and, but, or also like just that, you know, the power of the editor, like, uh, you know, the, the, the keyhole view that you get, uh, you know, when someone like cuts out a five second clip of something versus, you know, the, the, the larger thing or like a second interaction, um, man, oh man, I, I just like, there's, there's boy, there's very little that I trust that gets put on Twitter. Um, I, I just like as a medium of human interaction, uh, it's 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 quite manipulative and, and, and or or people are inclined to use it for manipulative reasons. And on top of that, like, boy, you know, I'm I'm, I'm just not wild about like, you know, no anthropologist is surprised about anything that goes on between football teams before or after or during games. You know, it's what any, you know, anyone who studies human cultures would instantly recognizes posturing. It's, you know, it's universal. It's not particular to football teams, much less these football teams, you know, like in, you know, entourages and 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 bling and dressing up and 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 threats. And, you know, I mean, it's like, give me a break like none of it's all raw raw stuff and 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 like it's, yeah it, 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 it is, makes it, me laugh like <laughs> you know and, and the folks who get caught up in it who are like well my posturing is okay because my guy's wearing the right color laundry and but yours isn't because he's wearing the wrong color laundry it's just like you know what are you five like come on. yeah well uh dion uh does kind of take it to the nth level yeah, you know, well, after after parading uh, around in front of the student section, he came back over on um, the the Colorado sideline uh, for warmups and was uh, throwing a football to a female assistant mm-hmm. just for the sake of posing for cameras. 
yes celebrities <laughs> pose for cameras yeah. like that's the definition of celebrity like they're celebrated you know <laughs> it's, you know it's, yeah. it's what he does to gain attention for his team attention is necessary in order to attract recruits who are 19 years old and who are mm-hmm. uh, uh you know uh, uh entertained and then sourced by shiny objects so he wears shiny objects like literally shiny objects like i you know i, I don't you know so much of this is just like literal <laughs> like i mm-hmm. will wear the shiniest objects that i can find <laughs> right and they, and that you have vast i mean millions of people who are like but but your shiny objects enrage me it's just like are you all magpies <laughs> <laughs> how do you not yeah. see through all this like yeah oh, but i well but i don't like his posturing that makes me <laughs> angry like why don't you announce your emotions in a more like transparently and ah, never mind like but, you know all of this it's just posturing like any anthropologist instantly recognizes all of this stuff and to the extent that anybody engages in it is just it's like very humorous to me anyway well, there was it, a strategic it's, it's, contest of uh, <laughs> of football in case anyone is interested in that i wrote an article about it uh actually i wrote a couple articles about it it proceeded pretty much how i expected uh you know because colorado can't really you know block on the offensive line or tackle on their defensive line and because oregon has made substantial investments on both of those things or their you know counterparts uh you know they mm-hmm. pretty much did whatever they wanted uh you know and, and the game proceeded to pace uh the you know i i didn't even watch the game I mean, it's funny you were there live you were as in person as you could be you know up in the press box uh you know among among the glitterati or at least as glitterous <laughs> as as the press can be you know i you know rubbing shoulders rob mosley and james crepia you know that i i uh, they, uh, I'm sure that room smells great, by the way. Like, oh yeah, well, it it smells like uh, food and coffee. <laughs> what would they serve you? Um, grilled bison chicken. burgers. No, grilled chicken. Mm. Um, uh, big potato bar. No, none of that's on salad. point. Mm. Yeah. It, yeah, it was pretty good. Um, normally the uh, Greg Walker, who's the um, communications um uh, assistant communications director um for football because they they have uh, three people doing various roles he said this that uh normally they have to do they only have 85 or so requests for um uh, media credentials mm-hmm. uh but for colorado it was more like 127 130 something how the hell yeah. did we get in oh i don't know i mm. was in in the front row but uh everybody was there espn um colorado news stations uh eugene news stations mm. the uh um christian trinity network or Ooh, whatever cool. that is I, I guess they they were doing a, a piece about sanders Oh, very good. So, um, so yeah, there there's a lot of press there, and Kinzano was was there for that oh, game. I'm very sorry. Um, <laughs> uh, he he was a couple rows behind me. So, oh well, that's appropriate. Uh, I I I took a shot at an ESPN commentator in my in my article. I I just I found like a lot of the commentary to sort of be like if you if you did. If you did a modicum of film study on either of these teams, you knew exactly where the game was going. And so like and so it's sort of transparent that the commentary about the game, which, you know, those commentators that, you know, they can't walk into the game blind, you know, like, or I guess you can, if you're Tim Brando and, and Spencer Tillman on Fox, but like, I don't, I don't think the ESPN guys do, uh, mm. you know, they, they have to sort of know, you know, what's going on and there's no way, you know, they could not have known what was coming. Um, like it, it only took a few minutes of film study in order to figure out what was coming in this game. And, uh, uh, and, and yet they have to sort of, or they feel compelled. I don't think have to is anything to do with it, but they feel compelled for some reason to 
artificially and in denial of reality, which is what gets my back up. Like reality ought not be denied. Uh, they feel compelled to like to 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 try to extend uh, a, a drama which does not exist, you know, for as long as possible, or the potential for there to be drama, um, uh, uh, or the or the, extend the delusion that there may be drama here longer than is creditable. Uh, and, and so like, I found it to be especially galling, um, at a, at a moment where Evan Williams makes a, a fantastic tackle, uh, on a not particularly talented, um, uh, Colorado wide receiver, uh, that the ESPN commentator, uh, kind of vacuously asserts that Colorado has an advantage at playmaker because Oregon has struggled in tackling. And it's like every component of that sentence is untrue for the previous three games and three decades. Uh, and, uh, and, and was, uh, you know, and was transparently untrue at the moment that he was saying it. Uh, and yet he persisted, uh, in saying it anyway. And so I took a shot at the dude in my article. Cause I was just so like, my stomach was so turned by just the trans, like the gaslighting of that sentence. Uh, and, uh, so I, I don't know why I started telling well, you because you said ESPN was <laughs> so right, I'm yeah. mad at ESPN. I guess. Well, they're, they're pushing a, a narrative. And it's um, to their advantage to push that narrative. And it worked. And the the Oregon-Colorado game was the most watched game over the weekend, anywhere well, between 10 and what I, 12 sure. million viewers. I, so, you know, great. Like Deion Sanders is a, is a popular and polarizing figure. Oregon is a popular and polarizing football team. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. I, I have no doubt that that would have been the case. It was also, you know uh uh you know uh, Oregon's also a top 10 team you know top 10 teams off ten, tend to get views um mm -hmm. uh the 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 uh you know here here's the thing that sort of gets me the about the media landscape is that like tons of people well, I, I, don't know, I didn't con conduct a scientific survey on this or anything <laughs> but like tons of people you know express look i've 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 plumbed my feelings i've decided i'm not mad at coach sanders i'm mad at the media for like you know pumping them up and, and so it's like well, so why didn't you turn off ESPN? You know, like, why, why are you, you know, giving clicks to ESPN? You know, like, mm -hmm. why are you, you know, why, why are you falling into the trap of like going to first take or whatever? I don't know. First take is an ESPN property. I'm sorry. Uh, like, I, I, I try not to fall into those traps. Right. But like, you know, that's the thing. The house always wins right like espn has yeah. set itself up as both the broadcaster and the commentator right like they they, they control the narrative and what and if you don't like the narrative the place that you go to register your displeasure with that is espn right like mm -hmm. the the house always wins right. um uh uh you know that, that that's you know i don't know maybe this is commentary on late stage capitalism uh, all, all of this is to say like i I haven't even watched the game yet. I mean, not really. I watched enough of the first half in order to to to, to chart it, you know. But I charted it mostly with it muted, um, and, and uh, you know, skipping all the stuff in between, uh, you know, in between plays. Um, like I still haven't really watched, uh, you know. Uh, uh, the second half, like at all, because it was all garbage time. Uh, yeah. And I did that because like, you know, I didn't watch the game live because I went to my cousin's wedding, like uh, second cousin, I think I, I can remember how that works. <laughs> um, I, you know, because I knew it was going to happen. I did the film study uh, like, right. uh, you know, I am hell. I, I had, you know, I'm sure you had fun in the press box. I, I had a lot of fun at my cousin's wedding. <laughs> drinking and well, dancing. It's what it's supposed with, to be, right? <laughs> I hooked up with somebody in the wedding party. It was great. Uh, uh, yeah, no. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, it was. It was on. Uh, it was on the other side of the country where they don't have football until noon, which is very strange. It explains a lot of what's wrong with our politics in America because that's where like half of the, you know, the population or more than half of the population in the United States lives in that time zone, and they're getting their football mm -hmm. at the wrong time of day. And I think that's why they're all like 
you know, anxious and polarized and weird. And there's also like no <laughs> recycling bins anywhere. Like I was, my pockets were constantly overflowing with trash that I was looking to like put in the correct color recycling bin that, that I would then never find. It was very odd. Uh, I don't know that. Yeah. That part of the country is weird um, <laughs> in, in many ways. Uh, and, 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 and football not being on until noon is just one of them. Um but yeah, no, uh, being at cousin's wedding was, uh, was, uh, was much more enjoyable, uh, than, than, than this game because it was, it was over before it began. Um, that's what happens yep. when you don't have lines, you know, the football game is about the trenches. Um, and, and, you know, when, when Adam, uh, Chimeo and I, you know, did, did all these, um, and we've been doing them for five years, you know, all of these summer previews, you know, we, we, we tend to do it in a certain or, you know, we go down to the positions, uh, uh, in, in a particular order, right. You know, we mm-hmm. tend to do, you know, quarterbacks and, and the, and the, uh, the, the running backs and the tight ends and the wide receivers. And then, you know, and then I get to like, so now let's talk about the offense and they're, you, you know, everybody's usually real excited because these are West coast teams and they get their lots of skill players and they get their exciting scrambly ass quarterbacks. Right. And then I go, all right, let's talk about the offensive line. Now universally or almost universally, get the same response which is like oh do we have to <laughs> you know like they're being clever and it's like yeah mother ducker we yeah. do have to you know like because that's well, uh, I, that's I was, how that's what determines the outcome of football games you know I, and the fact that you haven't done anything about it in 10 years is why oregon's been running the conference for the run of the existence of this conference you know yeah well i was uh, at the uh the 2010 rose bowl uh, up against Ohio State, and yeah. as was I, at, we, we might they, be neighbors. Yeah, um, it, that was a men against boys situation yeah. on on the lines. Yeah. I mean, uh, Ohio State just looked so much bigger. Yeah, because they were. Mm-hmm. So and and um, I, I don't think it started with landing, but uh, you know. Since then, um, we've uh, Oregon's been working at, at getting uh, bigger bodies, and you know have the kind of personnel that will that can play with the big boys. Well, and it's not just a matter of size; it's also about like you know uh, consistent um, t- t- technique uh, teaching, and and also um, you know balance. Uh, body control, um, uh, uh, appropriate frame, like relative frame, you know, and actually the Colorado games, good illustration of what I'm talking about, you know, Colorado uh, fans were, you know, very excited about both of their tackles being very, very tall. Their left tackle is 6'10", their right tackle is like 6'8", 6'9", you know, somewhere in that neighborhood and you look at them and you're just like, yeah, those guys are enormous, you know, those guys are ants. Uh, and, uh, Except, you know, a cursory study of biomechanics uh, or, or just plain physics to look at the torque equations, you know, like you, you get much over six, seven, it's a liability you, because you're you're too far from the, you know, your center of gravity is too far from the ground. And, uh, you know, f- folks can just get around you too easily or, you know, not, you know, knock you off your balance, uh, you know, swim. You, and that's what Oregon was doing, you know, all day. And frankly, is what, you know, teams with a lot less talent, you know, up front than than Oregon's Colorado State was doing it to them. You know, Nebraska mm-hmm. was doing it to them. Uh, TCU wasn't, which is why I think the TCU is kind of a trash team this year. Um, frankly, they were kind of a had the odor the aroma of trash to them last year and that they got to the national championship game i think is going to go down in the annals of advanced statistics is one of the like flukiest things that's ever happened um but you know whatever uh i i really think having done the whole texas tech you know project and 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 having you know gotten a touchstone with which i can then relate to the entire 2022 uh big 12 and then i'm going to go back and do it again for the 2023 season because oregon's going to play texas tech again right in in 2024 so i'm going to do this Mm -hmm. all over again i'll be able to you know do that like you know cross hatching um like i really think the big 12 in 2022 might have been one of the weakest conferences um you know from an srs perspective we're we're going to discover that that was maybe one of the weakest conferences in history um uh and that you know tcu then has like an excellent record and then and then and and then harbaugh at michigan just should have stopped them cold 
um, and then didn't, and that that game is going to go down as one of the great like keyhole games, like you know mm-hmm. the the dog that didn't bark game, um, and and like yeah, uh, you know to to to, to that dude's eternal shame, <laughs> like he had he had you know maybe one of the great gimme games of playoff history, other than maybe Oregon and Florida State, and he blew it, <laughs> like hilarious. Yeah. Oh boy, this has been a long tangent, um. <laughs> But uh 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 yeah you, you know you, you uh your your offensive lineman can't be the, you know you, you can't just get size on the offensive line it is also about technique teaching which hey look at this transition uh the the you know that's I've I've been encouraged in watching Oregon's you know new or newish um offensive line and new or newish offensive line coach Alik Terry because he's not that new he was a grad assistant at Oregon not that long ago in 2020 mm-hmm. um and uh, uh, indeed working with a couple of these dudes, you know, he's not that much older than them. He was a wake offensive lineman a couple of years ago. Um, and uh, uh, and interestingly, you know, he was the offensive line coach at Hawaii in 2021, which means he knew a couple of those dudes, you know, too. Mm-hmm. Um, anywho, uh, the uh, the the the, uh, you know, it was funny when I wrote up the Portland State tape. You know, Oregon had a bunch of big runs in that game. And like what I put in my article was just like, look, I know this is going to sound weird for me to be complaining about a 52 yard touchdown run, but the blocking here is a mess. You know, like this, this happened because of one or two good blocks, not five great blocks. And then Bucky Irving doing like amazing Bucky Irving stuff. And then also they were playing an FCS team, but like the Mm -hmm. blocking here is terrible. And then I did that for a couple of different clips. Um, And then, but like for each subsequent game, it, the run blocking has gotten better um, and, and it's still not perfect yet. Like it's still not, you know, the elite level that, you know, you, that, that, that we've all become accustomed to, you know, ever since like Steve Greatwood uh, arrived for Oregon, but just like the level of progress that they're making each game, um, you know, puts them on a trajectory such that, uh, and just given the, like the raw talent that they're working with, which I think is the, is better raw talent than than previous excellent lines that Oregon has had. Um, it's just that the you know those previous excellent lines were much more experienced than this one is. So it's sort of like this line now versus those lines at their peak, you know, this line loses out. But this line, when it's at its peak, will probably be, you know, better than them. It's just a question of like when that happens. And what I'm saying is the trajectory that I'm seeing over four weeks sort of it puts them it puts them at a point where the, the those lines will intersect um like midseason. Like, you know, we're, we're talking like maybe between the Washington Wazoo games, like just in time to, to, to meet like their first, like real serious, you know, defensive line test, which would be Utah, um, in Rice Eccles, which like, yeah, that'll be a serious test. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, yeah, the Ducks have, the Ducks have been kind of fortuitous in the scheduling. Oh, so, they sure have. Uh, they're they're not they're the being, way the way it ramps up. You mean right, right, yeah, and and not having to uh, play USC or Utah or Washington, like you know, in your first or second conference game. Yeah, yep. They they're they're allowed the luxury of of um, you know coming out with uh, decent wins and then you know work on the kinds of stuff that you're talking about the the technique and because uh, it, it it'll have to be uh all that more when yeah. you're playing in utah well I, 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 yeah and it's like and specifically the units where i wanted to see the most like technique work and which requires experience you know live game experience to work on technique those being you know primarily offensive line you know, going up against defensive lines. Hey, you know, they got a good test in Lubbock. Uh, and, you know, they're and, and and Hawaii. Look, I know they're not the greatest defense in the world, but as I wrote in my article, like that's a well-coached defensive front. They, they gave them, you know, like, you know, that, that was just a solid, you know, test. Like that's a good like midterm kind of deal. You know, it's not your final mm-hmm. exam, but it's like it's a good check-in, you know. And then, 
you know, and then they're going to ramp up, you know, like Washington is a team that's got, um, uh, you know, they've got like one, maybe two, like solid, uh, uh, in or really good at, you know, Tuli Latuli and Gasanoa for, for Washington's a really good interior defensive lineman, but then everybody else for them is not good on the interior defensive line. Um, so like moving, so it's like, all right, that's an interesting ramp up. Like, you know, they, they got one dude who's a real challenge, but other guys less. So, all right, you know, uh, you know, uh, 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 and, and and then, you know, Utah, all right, you know, then, you know, that, but, but they're not until, you know, late October. Right. And then the mm-hmm. other unit and, you know, that you really need some experience, you know, to work on, uh, you know, ramping up his cornerback. So like, you know, Kyrie Jackson, great game, great game against, uh, uh Colorado, you know, uh, against Texas tech, I was biting my nails, you know, cause of all those DPI mm-hmm. fouls, some of which were just real silly. I was like, Kyrie, what are you doing, man? And like Kyrie was real sort of, uh, unknown to me because like he was a backup at Alabama and like, it's so hard to get film on cornerbacks who are like backups that I like, I didn't, I did. He was like the one defensive player. I didn't write a preview for who's mm-hmm. a transfer. Um, cause it was like, I don't have any film. I don't know what this dude's going to do. And like, I was still sort of like, I don't know about this dude coming out of week two. Um, but like, you know, Colorado threw the ball constantly. I mean, it was like a 20 to two ratio in the first half on designed plays. And like, he was lights out, man. Um, yeah, you know, and, yep. uh, very, very clean coverage. Yeah. And, you know, and so that ramp up, you know, all right, you got, you know, you got Washington after the bye week and then you got, you know, Wazoo and Cam Ward, you know, likes to throw that ball too. So like, and you got that before you got to play, you know, a couple of weeks before you got to play the, the reigning, you know, defending Heisman trophy, you know, winner, like, uh, you know, all right, you know, there's a ramp up for you, Kyrie. Uh, and, and, and meanwhile, you know, uh, we, you know, Kyrie's been doing a great job. Kyrie Jackson, uh, and like, you know, what's crazy is there quarterbacks, all four of these quarterbacks that Oregon has played have very consistently and exclusively been throwing the ball against Kyrie Jackson. Like they almost never target the other side of the field where Florence and Manning is at. Um, and it's like Kyrie Jackson's playing really well. He's knocking all these ball downs and getting balls down and getting pass breakups and, and interceptions. And it's like, and he's the guy they want to challenge. Yeah, yeah. So, like, what is Jaleel Florence doing? You know, like, uh-huh. I I can't really tell you because if they're not throwing against them, the camera is not going there. Uh-huh. Um, hell, you were in the stand or in the press box. How was he doing? Oh, it was. I mean, uh, both of them were were doing fantastic. It, um, the the reason for at least two or three of the sacks that Sanders took was just that uh, all four receivers were so well covered. Yeah. yeah you're going to throw an interception if you throw it. Yeah. I, I mean, I have no doubt. Yeah, I know. Coverage, coverage looked, you know, excellent. And in fact, one of the things I put in my article, you know, simply so that I could put another video in my article, because what was it? You know, they, they had Colorado ran the ball twice. You know, I put literally 100 percent of Colorado's meaningful designed rushing offense in my article uh, and it was half a video. It was 14 seconds long. You know, it was <laughs> like, all right, I need to put something else in here. Yeah. Um, so, uh, 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 you know, what I put in was, um, you know, Co- Colorado's if if Colorado had a strategy, their strategy was rub routes um, on the offense. Um uh, which are basically, you know, cause Oregon was blitzing a lot of, you know, many of Oregon blitzes were in man coverage. They were using Oregon's man coverage principles in order to run rub routes, which are basically, you know, you put two receivers on the same side of the field or you have them crossing from opposite sides of the field, uh, which they did on one or two plays. Um, and, uh, and then because the, you know, the, the defender is like right up against, you know, the, the, the receiver uh if you have and you control the route because you're the play designer uh you can you can cause them to sort of bump into each other and uh and 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 if the defender is sort of like not playing with his head on a swivel uh you know he can be like you know bump into each other or or otherwise like you know not you know come off of his coverage because he has to you know try to avoid that and the way you have to like 
you have to sort of anticipate these things and, and, and take a sort of broader arc or, or maybe like exchange the coverage or do something about it. You have to like figure out that that's coming and do something about it. And Oregon like very consistently was not like they were on. There, uh, there were a couple exceptions, you know, but like the majority of times the Colorado ran rub routes, Oregon didn't handle it in coverage. Um, now there's a couple of things to be said. Number one is, uh, most of the time it didn't matter because the blitz that they were sending would get home and sack the quarterback. So like, who cares? Um, but you know, you may not be playing offensive lines that bad that often. Uh, you know, you can't always rely on a sack to bail you out. Um, number two, uh, which, you know, I hesitate to bring up, uh, cause people tend to fixate on this sort of thing, but like a couple of times Colorado's, um, rubs were, were aggressive to the point of committing pass interference, like offensive pass interference. They should have been flagged for it. The refs missed it. Um, you know, don't get mad at the refs. Like they're human. They miss stuff. Um, uh, 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 but like, you know, and, and I don't say that to be like Colorado only had a chance of winning through cheating. You should hate Colorado even more. I'm not trying to rile anybody up. Like the, I spent like 20 minutes making fun of people for getting riled up. That's not the point of this. <laughs> uh, the point is like, if you didn't get the flags against this team, like, why do you think you're ever going to get any flags you know, going forward, right? You know, you need mm -hmm. to be able to anticipate, you know, that these things are going to happen. And the fact that you just put on a bunch of film that you're not anticipating rub routes very well, you know, means that teams are going to try to do that to you even more. So, yeah. you know, look out for that. You know, d d you know, I, I sure hope that Tosh Lupoy and the rest of the defensive staff are, you know, don't spend all week popping champagne corks and, and celebrating and, and instead are looking at the film and realizing, like, we need to come up with a game plan uh, to, to deal with this because we just put, you know, a half a dozen clips on film of us getting rubbed. And, you know, the only thing that was bailing us out was, you know, us crushing the six foot ten offensive tackles who can't block. Mm -hmm. um, so like we need a plan, you know, for, for, for how to deal with that. Now there's multiple different things you can do. And I, I'm, I'm not here to prescribe what those are, uh, just to, to, uh, you know, alert people. Cause that's my job. Uh, that like, yeah, it's a thing. Yeah. Um, like you said, it, yeah, it worked for Colorado. Um, if the same kind or, of play. or maybe they'll write to the Pac-12 and say, "Hey, officials, could we get some flags on these?" You know, you you yeah. are you are allowed to do that. In fact, actually, uh, uh, officials have open channels so that you can you know because coaching staffs do that. They they do this sort of inside baseball stuff. But like coaching staffs do film study. Obviously, coaching staffs communicate with referees. Referees do film study. They are. Uh, officials do continuing education to hone their craft. They don't spend all week, you know, you know, eating caviar and, and, and bonbons. Like they are hardworking people who try to get better what they do. And if you, if, you know, staffs note when they're playing or watching film on their opponents, that they have a tendency to break a rule in a certain way. It is, incredibly common any coach will tell you ask any coach in america at any level of football and they will tell you the same thing it is in common practice to alert the officials in your conference i think the team that we are playing consistently is getting away with this rule-breaking behavior could you be on you know the lookout for this like and i probably think that oregon's going to do that you know uh, yeah well lenning said at, at his press conference yesterday that um that they always send communication yeah um to the uh, officials after every game there, yeah. there's uh, there's always something that uh either yeah. they they want to point out or or yeah. they they want to get clarification on uh, why yeah. was that flag thrown I, on our guys I, I i'm glad I, i'm glad that you brought that up that's cool that you were um you were there to 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 see that and and what i can add is that like uh, of course that's so that's so because he's an American football coach and every American football coach, mm -hmm. you know, does that at every level in every conference everywhere, because, yeah. you know, uh, unlike, I think what many fans must imagine uh, there to be as some sort of like 
vicious antagonistic relationship uh you know because the only thing you ever see on on, on the cameras where uh, uh, oh hey here's another example of espn trying to drum up artificial conflict for for you know to, to, to for heat uh you know is coaches screaming getting purple faced at the officials uh or in fact their relationships are between working professionals and colleagues and that they communicate these things you know normally and civilly you know constantly yeah 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 exactly uh, all right. Um, uh, pl- pl- please don't anyone like fixate on that sort of stuff. It's not, uh, and anyway, uh, uh, you know, just something, you know, uh, Oregon didn't wind up. I mean, the, the biggest passing play that Colorado had came on uh, such a play. If you read my article, you will see it like I, I pointed it out. In fact, there's a replay video uh, or a second angle of it, and you can see it you know, as well. Uh, it's the clear as day once, you know, once your attention is drawn to it. Um, but it's like, look, man, you know, it's going to happen again and it's going to keep happening until you, you, you fix the way that you defend that. Um, and and you become aware of it. So like, you know, Oregon needs needs to become aware of it. And that's my job to, to, to point out such things. Uh, yeah. Um, all right. Uh, that's enough about that game you know uh uh stanford's coming up next we'll talk about that one on thursday um uh or on the podcast that we record on thursday but which drops on friday uh so that'll do it for this week uh you got any parting words of wisdom for us badwater uh no uh, i'm not full of uh wise words uh, oh, I see. yeah but uh go ducks as always go volleyball go football uh, you you're more realistic about soccer i take it yeah i I have low expectations for soccer uh well at least when they uh play colorado it should be on a a a still sunny day in the first um first few days of fall Mm -hmm. but of course it never rains on this podcast